Will you take your Bibles with me right now, whether you're on in person or online, whether your uh, Bible's on a device like mine or if it's leather bound, let's take our Bibles, let's hold them up, and let's say the words up on the screen. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. It is the indestructible, incorruptible, everlasting, living Word of God. I receive it now by faith, and I believe that my life will forever be changed. Let's pray. Father, as we get into this last message of this series on miracles, Lord, we just pray that you continue as a church and individually in each of our lives to build our expectancy concerning your miraculous working power. Lord, we want to embrace everything you're doing in our community, in our lives, in the church as a whole. Lord, we want to be a part of this next season. And Lord, we believe that there is coming a revival that's going to sweep across this nation and across the world. And Lord, we know we'll see an abundance of miracles. So thank you for helping us to prepare ourselves for what you're about to do. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to be wrapping up our series on miracles today. Let me just real quickly also do a shout out to Pastor Larry and all the team uh, that took care of things last week while Jeff Jeff and I were celebrating our anniversary uh, over in Costa Rica. And you know know you're doing a good job raising people up when you get texts saying, you don't need to come back. You can take another week. (laughs) Everything's going well at home. We enjoy Pastor Larry. So we, we certainly are glad to hear that and so thankful for that. But we're going to wrap up our series today on miracles and as you heard me pray I believe that God has timed this series because of what he's about to do in the church worldwide I believe there is coming a season of revival amongst the nations including this nation and just like we've seen the pandemic affect every nation every people group and it's affected them for evil it's done terrible things it's wrought things that destruction destroyed lives uh, caused deception caused fear to arise broken relationships Come on, have you ever seen people fight so much over a disease mask unmasked vaccinated non-vaccinated so many things it stirred up listen don't think for one moment that this is just another virus No, there has been an evil force working behind this virus. But just like this evil force has done destruction through this virus, God is about to turn things around. And he's going to turn things around and he is going to work his goodness throughout the earth. Mm. You, You heard about the lady who was a believer and one of her neighbors was a grumpy atheist and so now and then she'd try to you know reach out to him but he was just always na 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 and and he'd even make fun of her sometimes when she'd believe God for certain things and and so he thought you know what I'm going to get her I, I, I'm going to leave a basket of groceries at her front door and then when she gives God the glory I'm going to let her know that it wasn't God there's no God I did it well, it just so happened that that month she was in need of some extra groceries. She's going to have some family down. And so she's praying, Lord, I just need some extra groceries this week, you know. And so she said, can you just supply that for me, Lord? Well, 
You know, she went out one day and there was that bag of groceries. And she was like on her porch, thank you, Jesus, thank you, God. And out come the atheist. He was just waiting for her to be out there dancing on her porch and praising God. He goes, oh, no, that wasn't God, that was me. And she goes, oh, Lord, thank you. You supplied my groceries and you used the devil to do it. (laughs) So now listen, the devil has made people hungry for what God's about to do. And I believe that in this next revival, not only will thousands be swept into the kingdom of God, but along with that revival, there will be an increase in miracles. And so as a church, we want to build our expectancy so that we can help usher that in here in our community. We want to see God do some miraculous things in our families. I know some of you thinking, well, it'd take a miracle for that person. It's okay. We're believing for miracles. It'd take a miracle for this country. We're believing God for miracles. And so today I want to wrap up this series with a message entitled Creating an Atmosphere for Miracles. And so let's get into this message today. And let me just take you back, first of all, and review just a couple of things as we begin this uh, series today, or as we wrap it up, really not begin it, but end it. Psalm 78, verse 7, it says, So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. Listen, every generation, that would be us, has to set their hope anew on God. We can't rely on what God did in a revival 50 years ago or 100 years ago. What God did back in the wells. No, no, no. We're setting our hope anew on God to reach our generation, to reach our families, to reach our communities. And while we set our hope anew on Him to do that, we don't forget the fact that He were miracles wow wow we must never forget that our God is a miracle working God we must build our expectation for miracles now let me say this we seldom experience what we don't expect so we need to Build our expectation that God's going to do some things, some miracles that will have his hand all over it, that will magnify Jesus. Now, let me remind you of the definitions we've been using for the word miracle. Miracle, the Hebrew word, is defined as a wonder or a wonderful deed, a miraculous sign or omen. Now, we know miracles as a sign point to Jesus. They point to the fact that God is real. Miracle is an extraordinary, this is Merriam-Webster's dictionary, excuse me there, let me preface that. Miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. Wow, an extraordinary event. You want to see some extraordinary events? Yesterday, uh, Jeff was watching some college football and they showed Florida State. It's kind of extraordinary. The guy made a touchdown after bouncing off the other guy that was trying to tackle him. He went to the ground but he never touched it because he landed on the guy that was tackling him and rolled off and made a touchdown. 
Listen, God can do things way out beyond that. We serve an extraordinary God. And sometimes when we're thinking about miracles and God, we have to stretch our thinking. And so I want you to stretch this morning. Miracles speak of impossible situations. Think about creation. I want to get this right. I think I've got it down here, so let me take a minute. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I'd use this or not, but I have it in my notes, and I just feel led to share this as we just kind of stretch our uh, imagination here when it comes to miracles. Let me get down here and read this to you. When it comes to what God has already done, you think about the sun. Now, now listen to this. We see a staggering miracle every day as the sun rises and as the sun sets. According to NASA, the sun produces enough energy to melt a bridge of ice two miles wide and one mile thick extending from the earth to heaven in just one second. And yet... God has positioned it perfectly so it does not harm us. How about this? The sun is 864,000 miles across. It's 109 times the diameter of earth. Large enough, listen to this, the sun's large enough to contain 1.3 million earths wow and our god our god created that sun and he sustains our life with it we got to stretch our thinking got to believe he's a miracle working god and that he'll do it in our lives he'll do it for our community he'll use this church to win this community to Christ and to affect the people that we come in contact with now let's talk about though creating this atmosphere for miracles because we have a part to play God could be doing miracles everywhere and we miss out on it we're not gonna miss it we want to be ready so let's talk about the power of atmosphere if you just define the word atmosphere it's defined as surrounding environment or influence the pervading character tone or mood of a place or situation think about the earth's atmosphere we were just talking about the sun well god created our atmosphere in such a way that it sustains life here on earth the right amount of gases oxygen provided for us so that we can breathe so things can grow also when we think about the atmosphere surrounding earth what happens in the atmosphere it it affects what we experience here on earth our weather for What's happening in the atmosphere is reflected in our weather. Atmospheres. How about atmospheres that we help create? Well, we didn't create the atmosphere around the earth. There are atmospheres that you and I help to create in our home, in our workplaces. How about businesses, restaurants, companies, all have an atmosphere about them. Now listen, What's happening in the atmosphere determines what we experience in each of these places. Home, work, church. 
Think about home. How many know you can walk into a home and you can tell if there's been harsh words spoken? Or you can tell if love abounds, it's in the atmosphere. How about a workplace? You've worked at different places, maybe through your career. You walk into a workplace and there's an atmosphere. Many times a company will work hard if it has a good atmosphere, a healthy atmosphere where people love coming and gathering to work there. It's because the company worked hard to create that kind of healthy atmosphere. Good atmospheres don't just happen. They have to be managed. They have to be intentionally set in order. And you have a part of that atmosphere or creating that atmosphere. How about restaurants or stores? There's some restaurants that while I like their food, I'm just not crazy about their atmosphere. You know, and I'll go there or I'll do a takeout. How I many of you know we don't want to be a takeout church where people only want to just come and take it out? and run? No, no, no. But restaurants, stores, they, they work on their atmosphere. There's some stores, restaurants that I love to go there because the atmosphere is fun or inviting and it's good and I feel welcome there. And I enjoy myself because they worked at creating this atmosphere. Atmospheres are powerful. I'm so glad that here at Faith Life Church, we have a wonderful atmosphere. It takes everybody to create that atmosphere. So many times people have come and, and just started the church or visited and been our guest, and they said, wow, things that get told to me often are, I felt so accepted. There was such love at your church. One person recently told me, there was such joy. They said, I thought saw one person, a couple people that were joyful when I come in. And I thought, well, everybody can't be that happy. He said, they were all that happy. <laughs> An atmosphere. How about spiritual atmospheres? Now listen, God has certain atmospheres in which he works. And there are certain atmospheres he won't show up. Now listen, we know when I say he won't show up, we know God is everywhere. But now listen, he's not everywhere in the same way. He's everywhere but he doesn't manifest himself in the same way. And we want God to manifest himself, to be there in the person of Christ, the Holy Spirit, so that we can experience his presence, the joy, the peace that comes from that, his miracles. We want that in our home. We want that at our workplace, when we walk in, we want to be able to help change the atmosphere as believers. We want to change the atmosphere in this community that this church is in. We want to help change the atmosphere in the city of Tampa. Come on. We want to be a church where God knows he is welcome to work his miracles here. There was a little boy that was going to church and he decided one Sunday to kind of get out of his neighborhood and there was a big beautiful church 
down the way and so he decided he's going to walk a little extra that morning and go to the big church a lot to people and and he thought well I know these people aren't quite like me and I don't probably have the money they have but I'm going to go down there to the big church because I bet they think God's really big maybe bigger than my church thinks God is and he walked to the door and his big old doors and he opened the doors to go in and this guy meets him and says son what are you doing here he said, well, I've come to church. And he goes, well, you might want to find another church. You know, you're not welcome here. The little boy was really dressed. You know, he was poor, not dressed very well, didn't smell that good. And so he turned him away. So the little boy went out, the big steps up to the church, went down to the very one, sat there and was crying. Pretty soon Jesus came along and sat right beside him. You know, it was Jesus. He felt the love. He felt the peace. And he said, Jesus, what are you doing here? He said, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. He said, well, I'm crying because they won't let me in. He said, me too. <laughs> Folks, I, 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 I'm not happy to say this, but there are some churches where the Holy Spirit is not welcome to do miracles, where God wants to manifest his presence, but the atmosphere, religion, let's create an atmosphere for miracles. You say, Pastor Jane, how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's what my message is all about. So thanks for asking. <laughs> now, now listen, first I want to take you to a message that really tells us, or a scripture that really tells us we do have a responsibility. First Thessalonians 5, 19, starting with verse 19. Here Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now, it says, stifle not the Holy Spirit, or don't stifle him. That word stifle means to suffocate, to suppress. It means to quench. In fact, a lot of translations use the word quench. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Do not quench the Spirit. Quench literally means to extinguish, to put out to stomp out. Listen, we are responsible not to quench. The Holy Spirit wants to work. We're not supposed to extinguish, put out, stomp out what he's trying to do. We need to know. I'll say it this way. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is key. We must know what hinders or permits the work of of the Spirit. You see, God works according to divine principles and patterns, and we need to study His Word, and we need to know what those principles, what those patterns are. And so let's get into creating this atmosphere of miracles. And here's the first thing we see. It's in the book of Galatians. Paul's writing now to the church at Galatia. And here's what he tells us about creating the right atmosphere. Galatians 3, 5. He said, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you you heard about Christ. Wow. If we want to have an atmosphere in which miracles happen, then believe what believe what the Bible says about Jesus, who he is, what he can do. Let's put it this way. Where the message of Jesus is believed, miracles happen. 
Come on, we got to keep Jesus front and center. He's head of the church. We're not enamored with the miracle. We're enamored with the miracle worker, and Jesus is his name. Come on, we're going to believe what the Bible says about him. Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. You could say this, where the word is preached, faith is possible, and it takes faith faith for miracles to happen. You can tell when you walk into a church or a place or you're even around a person who has the spirit of faith. It's contagious. It's like it charges the atmosphere. I remember a pastor was went and t- went to a meeting and he was sitting next to his wife and the minister had just started it you know got a couple sentences out and the pastor elbowed his wife and said, "I like him." He said, how can you say you like him? I mean, he's just a couple sentences into his message. He said, he's got the spirit of faith. I can feel it. Come on. Faith. Faith in who Jesus is. Faith creates an atmosphere in which miracles happen. Listen to Acts 8, 4, and it's example of that. It says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed, so there was great joy in the city. Now listen, faith arises where the word is preached. Mm. That we could say this, where the word of God is preached, faith rises up and creates an atmosphere for miracles. Wow. Philip preached the word about Jesus. The people believed. Now, this scripture doesn't say exactly they believed, but it says they were eager to hear the message and see the signs. They weren't just eager about the signs. What they had heard about Jesus, uh, come on, they were getting their faith out there. One thing is for sure, they certainly didn't quench the spirit. Philip was able to work those miracles. Can I tell you something? We are responsible to help create the atmosphere so that God can use anyone to work a miracle in that place. Come on, the people's faith helped create an atmosphere in which God could work through Philip. Hmm, wow. But I want to talk about while faith certainly is necessary for miracles and creates a marvelous atmosphere, the Bible does teach us that there is even a perfect or a better. When I mean perfect, I don't necessarily mean flawless. I mean, it's, it's like f- there's more fullness to our faith. It's the word perfect in scripture can also mean a maturing of things. There, there is what I'm going to call though a perfect atmosphere. Listen at Galatians chapter five, verse six. It says, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And really what this scripture tells us is that while we need faith, an atmosphere of faith, faith in Jesus, faith in who he is, faith in his promises, we also find that our faith works 
works best in an atmosphere of love. Wow. Faith motivated by love creates the perfect atmosphere for miracles. Mm. When faith and love work together, miracles are going to happen. People's needs are going to be met. How many know a lot of people need a miracle? Galatians 5, 6, the New King James, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Faith works. We need our faith to work for miracles to happen, and faith works by love. Or we could say this, when we love God, when we love people, it's like putting high octane in our faith tank. Come on. How many know you need some high octane, uh, high octane faith for miracles? I'll get that out. A faith fueled by love operates at its highest and best. Now, let's talk about love creating this atmosphere and faith and love working together. Really, we got to love God, love people. 1 John 4.19 teaches us this truth. And listen carefully to this. 1 John 4.19 says, We love... Because he first loved us. Mm. We love, we love God, we love people because he first loved us. If he had not loved us first, we couldn't love. We couldn't create that atmosphere of love. Our faith wouldn't work, but he loved us first. First John 4.16 says this. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Listen to this statement about your faith. The best use of faith is to believe and receive the love of God. I'm going to say something that I believe is the challenge for every child of God. The biggest challenge we face once we come to God is to grasp how much he loves us. It takes faith. It takes faith for us just to believe that God loves us. We got to trust in his love. And when we build our faith in his love, what happens is then that love becomes real. We begin to experience it on a daily basis before God was loving us, but we didn't make the connection. We didn't connect the dots. We didn't really experience it. Instead, we were stressing out. We were full of anxiety. We weren't living like we were loved. But then we began to build our faith in just how much God loves us. And there's no better way to build your faith in how much God loves you than to believe in Christ and to believe in who he is and that he was sent for you and that he came for you. Wow. And as you build your faith in that love, you begin to experience it. And as you experience the love of God, that drives out fear. Listen, church, I'm going to tell you something. The reason we're not more effective in reaching people for Jesus is we're afraid. We're afraid. I've been afraid. Been afraid to say something to that person. Been afraid to reach out. Been afraid to spend the money as a church to reach out like that. But when we, oh, when we become aware when we put our faith in God's love for us, then all of a sudden we find ourselves loving people. Mm. When we know God's love and we love others, our faith 
reaches its highest potential, we can then believe God for miracles. Mm. Now listen, when it comes to love, the truth is, it's a miracle. He loves us. Come on. It's a miracle. God loves us, puts up with us. God's unconditional love for us is miraculous, especially in the light of our sin and his greatness. Come on, you're experiencing a miracle every day when you experience God's love for you, him reaching out for you. And the truth is, come on, you know it takes a miracle to love some of the folk in your life. And so you got to believe in miracles. Lord, if you want me to love them, I need a miracle. Now, I want to wrap this up this morning because we're talking about creating this atmosphere for miracles. We need faith. Faith operates at its highest level in an atmosphere of love. When we love God, when we love people, when we receive the love of God, then our faith is just bolstered and we can believe for miracles. But look at love in action. I want to wrap this up this morning by taking you to the gospels and look at a story of Christ. Let's use Jesus as our example. And we'll see a miracle that was worked because of the love that was flowing out of Jesus. Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 11. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin, and he touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Wow. See, why did this miracle happen? Because Jesus was overflowing with compassion. And out of that compassion, his faith in God arose. But it was his compassion for this mom. Come on, folks, you want to see miracles in the church? You want to see this community change that we live in? You want to see our neighborhoods change? Our neighbors come to Jesus, our family come in? Then we've got to love God and love them so that it flows out of us. And then we begin to believe God for them because we love them. We begin to believe God for the lost because we love them. We begin to believe God for the broken because we love them so much much. Wow. Compassion. Compassion is the outpouring of love. Compassion is defined many ways. One of the ways it's defined by Merriam-Webster's is to alleviate the distress of others. How many of you know if there's somebody that you love that's in distress, if you can, you want to alleviate that? Well, God loves people. He wants to alleviate the stress in our community. And so what does he do? He wants us to love them so then he can flow through us to reach them. I just say this, compassion is to be so touched by someone else's condition that we're moved to action. 
Come on, that we just don't go, oh, well, Lord, save them. No, we're moved to action. Maybe we're moved to set aside extra time to pray for them. Maybe we're moved as a church to have a food outreach. Maybe we're moved, come on, to do some things, to believe God in certain ways for them. Now, listen, compassion for people creates the perfect atmosphere for miracles. You see, and when we know the love of God, it no longer matters to us if God works the miracles through us. We just love the people. We love the person, and we want to see their need met. God, use anybody. But we're believing that you're going to heal that broken life. We believe that you're going to miraculously turn their life around. God, we believe you'll do miracles to reach the people in this community that are lost. And we're going to stand in the gap for them and love them. We are moved to action. We will reach out to them. Come on. We'll put ourselves out of our comfort zone. And what will motivate us like that? The love of God. God's love. Now listen, it's not just about believing in God's power to do miracles. I'd, I'd venture to say most people who know Jesus Christ, who are a part of the church at large, believe wholeheartedly that God has the power to do miracles. But we're not seeing it. What do we need? It's about believing in God's love for us and for others. Love breeds faith. Faith breeds miracles. So yeah, we can believe in God's power, but until we believe he loves us and loves people enough to do miracles, we're not going to be moved to act like we need to act to see God do what God wants to do. Mm. Let me just wind up this morning with this familiar passage in 1 Corinthians. Many of you know 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. And at the end of describing love, Paul makes this statement. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Mm. Love's the greatest, folks. Miracle isn't the greatest thing. Love's the greatest thing. Yeah. Come on, God is love. Jesus is love. Listen, the greatest use of our faith is to receive God's love and love others. The best life is to live loved. Come on, just live love. When you live loved by God, you will love people. Let me just remind you of this truth when it comes to an atmosphere for miracles. Love Create an atmosphere for miracles to happen. Amen. Did you get something out of that this morning?